Monday, Monday. This is Monday. Fan Monday with Steve the Coach Nelson. Fan Monday. This is Fan Monday with Steve the Coach Nelson. Fan Monday. Fan Monday with Steve the Coach Nelson. Let's go. You heard it. Fan Monday. Fan Monday with Steve the Coach Nelson. Second was coming here, would you ask him what his real name was? Well, uh, <laughs> but it, you have to admit it's an interesting name, Mr. T. Right, well, I changed it because I wasn't given respect before. You know, people have a tendency to always constantly call a man boy. For what reason, I don't know why. You know, so I changed my name to Mr. T, so the first word out of everybody's mouth be Mr. The Sign of Respect. Mm -hmm. And do you, do you have a first name? My first name is Mr. My middle name is that period. My last name is T. Fan Monday, yeah, Fan Monday, we back with Steve the Coach Nelson. Now we bringing you guys, you know, Fan Monday on a Tuesday because, you know, due to people's busy schedules and things of that nature, we have to, you know, record the next day. But we still going to bring you what we believe is our personal opinions on great NFL, NBA, NCAA, you know, WNBA, etc. So we're going to bring y'all this here on Fan Monday. You know what I'm talking about? January the 27th. And uh, we also want to say that we are, first and foremost, I'm going to go back and say thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our supporters and the other, thank you to our sponsors. You know, thank you. We love you all. Appreciate it. And uh, we also want to thank the Verbal family for, you know, putting our, you know, the M.H6WF in a podcast on their platform. Thank you, guys. We love you. And another thing before we get into the show with Steve the Coach Nelson, I want to thank Pop Voice. It's a microphone that I got from a loved one that's helps sponsor what we do at this podcast. Now, this is a mini microphone. They have many, many more. This is a mini version. It's called Pop Voice, a professional microphone with care details, 360-degree angles, wherever you talk, it will pick it up. So go out, everybody, look up Pop Voice. So without further ado, Steve the Coach Nelson. How have you been doing these past weeks? Please let the listeners know, because I know they care, baby. Oh, I've been doing good. Yeah, man. Just um, staying busy as usual with work and everything. Good news is I just got into a new place, so I'm very happy about that. Amen. Definitely filling the new spot, so I'm definitely trying to get myself established. Been pretty busy with that last few days. So, But uh, it's settling in nicely. 
Yes. Okay. Well, that's a good thing, man. You know, getting your, getting in there, getting your place. You know, it's a very good, very good area, I presume. Yeah. Yeah. Very good area. That's good, man. So I know we've been, you know, kind of, you know, at a distance because of, you know, a lot of things changing and whatnot. But I always want to, you know, just say thank you for taking out the time to, you know, to join Fan Monday. Ready on two. Now we're not going to break. But I just want to say thank you, Steve. You know, it's always a pleasure to talk some good sports and let our listeners across the globe and the world know how we feel. You know what I'm saying? Most definitely. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, what would you like to start out with? You know, I know we, I know you start out with shows. I just, you know, I want to um, say one thing, though. I want to give a, uh, a, a, a shout out to Hank Hank Aaron and his family. I just that's I just want to say that, you know, just for me, you know, God bless you, you know, and your family, and you know everyone there. Send my condolences. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, man, Drew, I want to piggyback off that. So we talk about Hank, the great Hank Aaron, Hammer and Hank. You know, um, you know, not to mention everything he did on the baseball field. You know, as far as you know, his home run, he was the all-time home run king until. Uh, Barry Bonds has broke his record. And, yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying, asterisk. And a lot of people still feel that he really is the real home run king. Yes. You know, yes. if you take out the steroid era, which he probably is. I mean, although to be in the, the fairness of Mr. Bonds, he was never found guilty or tested positive of steroids. So I also got to throw that in there. Right, but right, even right. though he probably did, but we still can't crucify the man until he actually uh, tested positive. But but many feel he still is the all-time home run king, Mr. Right. Aaron, and also too, his the way he paved the way for African American ball players, him and Jackie Robinson, they really kind of showed that role for guys that you see now and guys in the past like King Grippy and Bonds, like I just mentioned, and everybody else with everything that they did for the game and just broke those down those color barriers. So yeah, uh, rest in peace to uh, Hank Aaron. Yes, yes, indeed, that's right, and he was a great entrepreneur as well. You know. Invested in uh, Coca-Cola, a lot of great things there. Uh, also, you know, also, you know, happy birthday to the late, great uh, Muhammad Ali, and also, you know, to uh, MLK, all the great, you know, the, the great leader that those gentlemen were, the great kings, I should say. So, you know, I know we haven't been on, and, you know, we don't miss a beat, you know, and I know you guys, our listeners, you guys, you know, you've seen it, it's past and everything, everybody said things about it, but... We're going to bring it to how we want to bring it, you know? So, <clears throat> I know Steve wants to start off with the NFL. Um, yeah, um, the, the NFL, I mean, uh, you know, I want to talk about, first of all, uh, uh, I'm going to get into these games in a second, but also I think it, it should be mentioned that there's been some major uh, changes, you know, within the front office in the NFL and with these coaching hires and things of that nature. So, I guess the big... Uh, marquee hire, I guess, is Urban Meyer now being officially the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. Now, that's I know he last coached in college, and I know right. he had to step away because of some health issues. He told the media that he's going to uh, definitely uh, keep track of his health and keep, get that under control. And, you know, 
with Urban Meyer being head coach of the Jaguars, they have the number one pick, and many think that they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson, mm-hmm. which they probably, they probably should. So that's going to be interesting to see how he works in Trevor Lawrence with this system he wants to run, because that is one thing that he, he is known for, is his offensive system, where he started at Utah, then he went to Florida, then he went to Ohio State, so he definitely can coach offense. Now the difference, now the question can't be, can he coach NFL men? It's one thing to cut coach college guys, right. but can you NFL men with egos, big salaries, and uh, things of that nature? I think, uh, I think nowadays, you know, <clears throat> with the the pandemic and things that are coming in into play, and as and uh, also as far as you know, fans are not in the in the seats. I mean, it's up to the players. I think. I wouldn't say they wouldn't have a choice, but you know, I think Urban Meyer is a good coach. I think they they will fit into what he what he brings to the table. So I think he's well, a, it's a proven yeah. winner. You know, definitely, he's a very good coach. But you know, one of the things I think about is Nick Saban when he took over for the for the for the uh, Miami Dolphins years ago. The biggest thing that ran, ran, ran him out of the NFL was that he wanted too much control, like he has in college. Now, if, if Urban Meyer is that same way, does he demand that same control? Uh, as far as doing things, everything his way, like Nick Saban wanted to with the Dolphins, that may cause some issues. So, because, you know, again, this is an NFL organization. This is not a college program. It's a little different. So, we'll see how how he can make that adjustment, if that's what he chooses to have control or not. So, we'll see how that right. plays out. Right. That's up to him. I would think he would play it smart and uh, just know that whatever his ego is, it's not going to work nowadays. You know, it may have worked back then, but I don't think it's going to work now because the right. players can leave when they want and how they want. They can demand trades in the middle of the season or even in the beginning they can demand trades. You've seen that this past, uh, not this past, but the one that was the season before. So, Right, right. <clears throat> no, other big uh, hires, uh, uh, Robert Sala to the New York Jets, I think he's the first, uh, right. I want to, a uh, Indian coach, mm-hmm. if I know it to be politically correct, if I'm saying his nationality correctly, right? Uh, to coach in the NFL, that's a big hire. And then uh, I know the Detroit Lions got an uh, interesting hire, Dan Campbell, former NFL tight end, who also spent some time as an interim coach with the Dolphins, I believe it was some years ago. Mm-hmm. So he's now the head coach at, uh, at the Detroit Lions. So we're going to see how these interviews uh, turn out. And, you know, I know there's still some uh, assistant jobs need to be filled. I know uh, the Seattle Seahawks, they, they got rid of their OC, uh, Brian Schottenheimer. They're still looking to fill that uh, offensive coordinator position. So we'll see how that plays out as far as what Russell Wilson uh, wants or how, what kind of input he has in bringing in the new offensive coordinator. And also, of course, be careful the head coach, what he wants. If, he, if that new offensive coordinator will follow his uh, philosophy as far as uh, uh, balance attack, as you if you will, or, or running the ball more. Right. So we'll see how these assistant coach, uh, these these uh, coordinator jobs get filled too. Right, and that's still some great. Uh, I believe right now there's two good uh, black uh, uh, coordinators out there right now that that would probably be looking for jobs <laughs> as head coaches here pretty soon. And there was oh, yeah. I got to off the top of my head, Eric Bainemi. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he's been a long-time uh, assistant, offensive coordinator, very good. And uh, I know the Houston Texans are looking at a 
at a position. But, you know, I know some guys in the media feel don't, they, they don't feel he should even touch that job because they're a mess down in Houston. I mean, in fact, Deshaun Watson was out last time I heard. So, yeah. Yeah, shout out to, yeah, shout out to Deshaun. He was. So, uh, any, any coach that takes on that job with the Houston Texans is going to uh, have their hands full. Yeah, it could be. It could go good. It could go bad for him. You, you want to either keep uh, Watson there, uh, but you do want to bring in your solid, you know, uh, backup to help him out. So you know, they they could probably work some things down th- out down there in uh, Houston. I I hope so, you know, because <laughs> they surely need it. Y'all got a problem out there. You know what I'm saying? Not in NASA though, baby. You know what I'm talking about? But uh. I wanted to uh, say thing say one thing about the NFL. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to the Browns and the Bills. Their their you know their fan base and people out there at Buffalo. You know in you know Cleveland, man. No one even you know, but the Bills were up and coming, but no one really picked you know the uh, the Browns to do anything. And I just wanted to say, man, they they. They really did a good job, both organizations. So, man, you know, peace to you guys. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, it's, you know, not only do they have that two-headed monster with uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt at running back, those two dudes are just beasts. But then I I think uh, another key for their team, other than the defense, is Baker Mayfield. I feel like he's really matured. You know, definitely since he first came into the league. I mean, that was one of the knocks on him was he's kind of a hothead. He's... He kind of does some things kind of uh, out of the ordinary or kind of like a, a prima donna, if you will. But he's actually matured. And he's actually got his head on straight. And then, therefore, I think the team is kind of uh, reaping the success of that. Yeah, I would think so. It, it's it's uh, It was shown, you know, if you got a good leader as he is and, you know, and, and uh, Odell, you know, before he went out, you know, but I think that that team is going to be someone to be, you know, some, yeah, that team is going to be something to be looked out for. Yeah, next year they can go ahead. No, I forgot about Odell Beckham when he yeah. gets healthy. That team could really be dangerous. So I mean, you already got Landry and those two running backs. And, right. Like I said, with Odell, so little Cleveland Browns uh, fans, I you know, don't worry. I think you guys are going to be right there. Yep, and the same is with the Bills. They're going to be there. I mean, they. Quarterback, quarterback is beautiful, man. He's awesome. The running, the running game. They just got outplayed. That's it. Yeah, and I want to, you know, Andrew, I want to get into those games. You know, first of all, I want to start off with the uh, the, the NFC uh, championship game. Uh, it kind of jumped. It was kind of surprised to me because how fast Tampa Bay jumped. Up. I mean, I, I was I missed a lot of the first half because, but then. You know, I was watching the very end of it. It was 21-10, and I think uh, the Buccaneers were driving to at least get a field goal. And then old Wiley veteran Tom Brady, you know, takes a snap and just chucks it deep, and boom, touchdown. I mean, just a crushing score to give up at the end of the half. And, and if, you're the, if you're the Packers and Kevin King in particular, what are you doing let the man beat you deep like that? Knowing that he, that's the one thing you couldn't do was give up a long touchdown in that situation. I mean, that's just inexcusable. I don't know if Kevin King uh, didn't think Brady could throw it that far or he didn't think the receiver was that fast. But, yeah, he just got toasted on that on that go route. You yeah. know, and, and also, too, that's coaching because 
why would in that situation wouldn't you play a two deep look to prevent that type of thing? So yeah, I mean, uh, so I blame Kevin King on that and the coaching in that particular situation. Well, uh, well, Mr. King, if I may say, Mr. King just doing his job. They picked the wrong play. Something's wrong out there in Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, you don't, you can't, you can't give up a long bomb. I mean. I mean, if they hold them a three, yeah, you give them a score or whatever, or don't give them a score, but you definitely can't give them a long bomb. Yeah. And Kevin King, I love you. You know, you're you dub Husky, so, but man, you just didn't, yeah, you just didn't, you just played that horribly. I just, I just gotta say it. But again, like you said, Mandrell is also coaching because they could have came up with a better scheme. Right. That then you should use a prevent defense. You know, what I mean, in that mm-hmm. situation maybe. Yeah, I just look at it like you know from that game, and I saw it from you know start to finish. Yeah, it just. It just didn't look like Green Bay's defense was really in it. And also, those guys out Tampa Bay, that defense had uh, – they had Rodgers rattled for a minute until he kind of gained his composure back. Yeah, the second but, half, Rodgers yeah. off played much better. And yeah. I want to um, – I want to um, – you know, and, and then in the second half, you know, Tom Brady definitely did not look as sharp. I think he threw three straight interceptions in the game. Mm-hmm. And it almost like the Packers are going to take control of this game and steal the game. But there's a couple crucial moments in that game that definitely need to be discussed. For one, the Packers are driving. They have fourth and goal. And they're down by eight, okay? And the coach uh, of the Packers decides to kick a field goal. You know, now you're down five. But in, my, in that situation... Why would you go for a field goal knowing that you're still going to need a touchdown anyway, plus you have your MVP, Aaron Rodgers, at quarterback? In worst-case scenario, you, you don't get the touchdown, so, you know, Tampa Bay takes over on their own eight-yard line. You can still force a stop with four timeouts. So that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And, uh, you know, I know there's another crucial call late in that game against Kevin King. Uh was it pass interference or defensive holding? Well, that was that was he did he did grab his uh the the gentleman's uh can't call his name but he did grab his uh his his it wasn't his arm I think it was what was it on or was it was something on his uh, tire that he grabbed but it was something they did show it it was a blatant blatant uh penalty. Yeah. My, my only my only my only issue with that call, Mandrell, was yeah. why was it why was it thrown so late. Why can't why couldn't you throw in the flag right then and there? It's almost like uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers reacted to the no call, and then all of a sudden the referees felt pressure to throw a flag. You see what I'm saying? I hate I hate when receivers do that. They start arguing, start complaining, and then the referees throw the flag. To be honest you know, with you, when they showed it on the replay, and even seeing it was so blatant, like they had no choice but to call it, even though it was at a crucial moment. It was still just it was still the right call. But I I do want to say this. Um, Man, <clears throat> I think that the Green Bay Packers organization uh, deserved to get on their hands and knees and uh, and beg uh, Aaron Rodgers not to go. Because let me finish. Let me finish. That was a bad call on their organization part. The coach, whoever, you could have let you could have let Aaron Rodgers, the the MVP slash you know he's he's going to be in a, in the Hall of Fame, but you could have let him make that decision. Now, if he would have failed on fourth and eight or fourth and goal, if he would have failed, let him deal with that in the off season or however it was. Let him deal with that. But no, that, 
Coach but, no, no, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. But don't don't make a call to the point where you gotta put him on you you put him Johnny on the spot in front of millions of people that's watching. He knows the Super Bowl is on the line, but you put him on the spot. But he is a gentleman, like he always is, perfect gentleman. He said, okay, I'm going to go with flow with the organization and I'm not going to buck the system. But I truly believe that Aaron Rodgers did not choke and he did not blow the game. It was not his call. Right. No, I, I hear that. And you know what's crazy, too, and Coach Matt LaFleur, I mean, hey, yeah, that was a, a, a dumb decision right there. I mean, I mean, this is this simple math. I mean, you've you got to go to the t- to a touchdown in that situation. And as far as Mr. Rogers, you know, I know I heard in the media he didn't really he didn't really throw his – he didn't really um, get too angry with it. All he did was just kind of uh, say it wasn't his decision, which is kind of subliminal. It's kind of a little shot at the head coach for not going, uh, going for the touchdown. You feel me? But, Mandrill, I totally agree. You know, put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands. He's your MVP, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, he lives with these moments. And, you know, if he doesn't make it, and then you give props to Tampa Bay, uh, tip your cap to them, and they, they, they did the job. But at the end of the day, you want going out swinging. Right, you know, exactly. With your, quarterback, with your uh, MVP quarterback. Right. So, it is what it is. If he, if he doesn't come back to Green Bay, then I would say it's not – it wasn't his decision either. You know what I'm saying? So I want to say, though, shout-outs to, you know, Antonio Brown once again. Uh, also, the piece to Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? Those guys. Man, that's – man, tough. bro, that man is unreal. Tough. I mean, think about this. America, this man is about to appear in his 10th Super Bowl. That's, that's unheard of. Ten Super Bowls. Yeah. Man, I mean, you can't. I mean, you gotta. I mean, you gotta call the man the goat. Now, if you look at that game, no, it wasn't all Tom Brady that. I mean, that did the job. I mean, his teammates definitely deserve a lot of the credit, especially after he threw three interceptions in the second half. But I mean, you also can't deny the culture he changed down with Tampa Bay. I mean, because they were really what kind of also ran before he got there, right? So, yeah, I mean, was... he really uh, changed that culture of that pro- of that organization. Yeah, they was hijacked out there by uh by that, that young man. Uh he gone now. He with uh New Orleans, but they was hijacked by him. They couldn't uh-huh. do nothing out there. Winston. Uh, but, uh, Winston. He hijacked them boys out there. But it took a real leader. Took a real leader to come out there and, and put some dignity and pride and you know, and you know, some bring up some self esteem out there, man. And and that's what Tom Brady did. He he all those guys are winners, you know. Each and every person that strap up, and from the coach to the water boy to anybody that's in the NFL, hats off to you guys, you know. Uh, but there are <clears throat> there are a lot, and there are only a few leaders in that world of the NFL, and that's in any any sports, you know, anything like LeBron James, and you know, you look at Michael Jordan, you know, you can go on and R.I.P. to Kobe Bryant, you know. Go on and on. You know what I'm saying? But uh, Tampa, for the first time, now, the first time ever in NFL history that a team where the NFL is, they hosting it, is actually playing it. 
Come on, man. That's that's unreal. That's a gift wrap for Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? Gift wrap. He, out of all the places in the NFL, he picked Tampa. Somebody knows something we don't know. <laughs> no conspiracy theory. You know what I'm saying? No conspiracy theory. You know what I'm saying? Once, he, once they saw he signed there, and then, you know, Gronk falls suit, and then A.B., I mean, and, and too bad to AB that he's got a, a, what a knee injury. I think he's going to be out the game. Get, get, he's kind of getting robbed of a chance to win a, his, his first Super Bowl. So I want to shout out to AB and hope he uh, recovers soon. Yeah, he's going to be. I think he's going to have a chance, and also uh, Bell. Uh, Young Bell, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> both of them left the Steelers and looked where they at. No, they at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just. Those um, those guys out there in Tampa, man, they 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 fought hard in that game. They fought hard all year, three in a row on the road, and then to go home, man, that's 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 uh that's dominance. And uh, I, I'm I'm waiting to see now. I, I to be truthful with you, I'm going with uh, Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna go and you know, speaking, of, you said uh, you know three in a row on the road. And that's key, too, because they played in Grand, Green Bay where it's frigid cold. I mean, I should know. I used to live in the Midwest. And, you know, Tampa, they're in a warm climate. So they went to the Packer land and beat the Packers in their own climate. That, that, that's showing something right there, you know? Well, yeah, they outsmarted the uh, the, the the whole organization, the whole offensive uh, coordinator and the defensive coordinator. They just outsmarted them. So, yeah. yeah. It is what it is. They but shout out to the people in Cheesehead Land. You know we love y'all. You know what I'm saying. But uh, better luck next year. You know, the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Better luck next year too to all of us. But you know I, the show must go on, baby. Super Bowl February seventh, I believe. That's what it is. The show must yeah. go on. Yep. Yeah. And Mandrell, before we get to the actual Super Bowl, let's talk about the other the AFC Championship game. Now, that game I thought would be a much better game as far as uh, I thought Buffalo would have a chance to upset those, uh, the Chiefs. You know, um, but, I mean, the Chiefs, they just played out of their mind. I mean, we know about their offense and Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Hill and those guys, but I thought really what set the tone was the difference in that game was Kansas City's defense. I mean, Steve Spagnuolo, he was really had the boys playing uh, out of their mind. I mean, if you look at their defense on paper, they don't have like a lot of Pro Bowls per se, what? but they but they play well as a unit. They got the Honey Badger back there, man. Yeah, they got some guys. I'm not saying they don't have any guys, but they don't have a lot. Of, they don't have a lot of big names, I would say. No, they but, got the uh, what I'm what I was trying to say to you is they they have the Honey Badger, uh, the gentleman that was that's from LSU. Man, he's the. Uh, uh, and I, I do feel bad. I'm going to get his name right now. Matthew. Yes. Now he's a he's a he's a proven winner. He won with he won a championship with LSU. He did uh, really good out there when he was with uh, the Cardinals. But then you know getting getting the upgrade. <laughs> you got an upgrade, baby. And he won a championship last year. Frank Clark too. Frank Clark was a smart guy too for making the jump from the Seahawks. Boop, he went boop, to the uh, Chiefs. He in a position to win him two Super Bowls. Right. And Chris Jones, other, their other uh, stud be tackle. So they got some guys, but 
But other than that, yeah, I mean, they just played. I thought they played well. And think about uh, Steve Spagnuolo. He was the guy that was a, was a defensive coordinator for the Giants back in 07, 08 season when they upset the 16-0 Patriots. So that tells you right there, he can coach some defense. And the Buffalo Bills, they were playing out of their mind came in this game. I mean, Josh Allen, MVP candidate. They had uh, Stephon yeah. Diggs, the yeah. most catch in the league. They had Cole Beasley. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a lot of weapons in Buffalo. But, man, their defense really was a difference as far as getting stops in crucial moments and right. making big plays, big sacks. Right. Yeah Josh, yeah, Josh Allen, man, he's a good quarterback, and he has a very bright future. Shout out to him and his family. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Put a check in the mail for me, Josh. But he's a good, he's a good player, man, and I, I like, I like. The, he's very fast too, and he's he has a good arm. Um, Diggs, you know, and uh, those guys, their defense. I really didn't know too much about them, but matching them up against the, you know, the Chiefs, you really can't, you know, gauge them. But they did a really good job uh, last week. You know, what I'm saying the week before that, so. I didn't know how they were going to work against these guys because my homeboy, man, he off the chain. Him yeah. And, uh, yeah, him and Cleese, uh, man, Tyreek Hill, man, you can go on, man. Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in, in the NFL. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I'm going to tell you something, and, I, and that's an interesting word you use, Gage, Mandrell, because that was the word I was going to use mm-hmm. because play, when you play the Chiefs, and let's say like a Tyreek Hill, now, you can always have a plan and a game plan for him, but you know what's that saying? Everybody's got a game plan until they get punched in the mouth, right? Come on, man. Well, you, can't, you can't gauge how fast Tyreek Hill is until you actually play against him. Right. I mean, man, he just destroys angles. I mean, one a defender makes a wrong step, he's gone or, or, or busting out the big play. Yeah. I mean, no matter who, what whoever they're playing, he always sees them make, make some kind of big plays. I've not seen one single team slow that man down yet. Right. See, they don't know nothing about them five nine soldiers or them five eight soldiers. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm yeah. talking about? We we here, we here, baby, we here, baby. And you know, yeah. shout out to Tyree Hill. Right. <laughs> you, know? you know what I'm saying? Shouts out to to the gingerbread man. You can catch me, baby. You can't catch me, baby. You can't catch me. Shout out yeah. to the gingerbread man, Tyreek Hill. You know, I got to And you can't just key on Tyreek Hill because, like I said, Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. going to kill you. Nicole Hartman's going to kill you. Yeah. Uh, you know, the running backs, they're going to kill you. So they, they got so many different ways. Or even if you diagnose what the plays are going to run, they always switch it up. So they're throwing you a new wrinkle in there. That's what makes the Chiefs so tough. And, of course, you got Mahomes that can make any pass. Yeah. So and he can run. Practice, and he can Chiefs, run. And he can run and combine all the factors. That really, I, I, man, I, don't, I honestly, the next few years, I don't know who's going to beat the Chiefs, honestly. Well, I'm going to say this. Now, the Simpsons, you know, everybody has their little conspiracy theories about the Simpsons. They did make a prediction now that the red team might win again in the Super Bowl now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, pick and choose which one you want to get, whether you want to say, the Buccaneers are that's red or whatever. Chick pick and choose, but <clears throat> it is what it is. I'm going with Tampa Bay, so you know uh-huh. I, I like the underdog. You know what I'm saying? You know, you, I think uh, you can't really call Tom Brady an underdog, but I like the Tampa Bay organization. You know what I'm saying? Because they were underdogs 
when they played against the Raiders that year in the Super Bowl, and they ended up beating the Raiders in that Super Bowl, thrashed them, I should say. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they destroyed the Raiders. I remember that. Yeah. So you know. Shout out to John Gruden and those guys, Keyshawn Johnson and all them, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, Come on, all them man. guys, you know, Come John on, Lynch, yeah. you know. Yes, sir. All-star, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to the player. But, uh, you know, we could talk, you know, in that, I think that all four teams rightfully got there representing what they need to do, and Super Bowl's going to be pretty, pretty right. big. I think so. You know, I think it's going to be pretty big. But I <clears throat> I do want to say before we end on the NFL, don't count the Buffalo Bills out, man. They they going they, to they, – they'll be there. They're coming back. I wouldn't even count out the uh, Green Bay Packers either. Right, right. No. You know, before we talk about the uh, – you know, before we end with the NFL, I want to give a shout-out to uh, all my women listeners out there because uh, Sarah Thomas – NFL official be the first NFL uh, woman official to ever ever referee a Super Bowl game. Preach. So that's I mean Sarah Thomas. She she has an interesting background. I mean I think she was a college basketball player, and then I think she first got into being a football referee uh, when seeing her brothers do it. So that's what really got her into the sport. And so ever since then she's got worked her way up the ranks, and she got to the NFL's highest stage. So shout out to Sarah Thomas. Amen. And all women who uh, aspire to do uh, things that are typically uh, dominated in an arena uh, mostly by men. So, so ladies, uh, keep pursuing your dreams. That's right. Each and every each and every woman across the globe. Yes, that's right. And I agree with you on that, Steve. I mean, even though you know what... <laughs> it's a man's world! <laughs> but it wouldn't James, be nothing right. without a woman. Oh girl, you already you already know, baby. That's how we do it here. So shout outs to to my three lovely daughters, and shout out to every other woman that in in female across the globe. That's that's right. When you know, I, I appreciate you that one on that one, Steve. I didn't I didn't know about that. Thank you for bringing that into it because we do have female listeners now. I'm gonna bring in some stats now. We have. Forty percent of females listen to this podcast, which is a good thing. I like that, and uh, please continue because we love it, and we thank you. Trust and trust and believe. So, the NBA, my brother, whoo, them Lakers, baby. I know you know. Woo, if I may. If I may, may, may. LeBron just hit 46 last night now. Mm. NBA. Yeah, yeah, he did. And, you know, before we talk about the NBA, I want to say um, uh, I want to give a special tribute today as of the uh, one-year passing. Wow, I can't believe it's been a year uh, of Kobe Bryant's death. You know, Kobe being Bryant and his daughter Gigi uh, yeah. died in, her, in that horrific uh, uh, plane crash. I'm not playing crash, helicopter crash, along with, like, I think, uh, six others or so. Right, so, and their uh, families, yes. Their families as well, too. I don't want to just, just forget about them because uh, their families are heartbroken for their losses, too. That's right. But I just want to, you know, uh, make sure we take time and pay homage to those, uh, uh, along with Kobe and Gigi, 
and Kobe and Gigi themselves that lost their lives in that horrific uh, helicopter accident. So uh, thinking about all you guys and, uh, you know, memories are popping up on my news feed and so on social media and everything. So let you know you're in our hearts and on our prayers. So, uh, so uh, stay strong. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's, that is true. I just, um, you know, can't even, you know, I mean, at the time, you know, last year, I should say, before we do start, it was just kind of a shock, just like it would for everybody. But, you know, death is not a secret, and it's definitely not a lie here on this, in this, in this earth. So, and, you know, people can celebrate death how they want and however it is. But I think that while you're here, just what anybody, anybody born in, but I think that Kobe, along with his daughter and people that passed away in the, in the helicopter accident, they actually lived their lives and, you know, showed us, you know, I don't know the, the, the people that, other than Kobe Bryant, in, but I know that their families, they left a, a very good legacy and memory in their families. But as to say, Kobe Bryant left a good legacy and memories for all of us uh, across the globe. So, yeah, I'm just... Kind of lost words last year, but this year, you know, kind of put it in perspective, you know what I'm saying? He was great and still will be great. And God bless his, you know, his family. And uh, other than his wife and his daughter, God bless his his, his mother and uh, his father and his sisters. And, you know, God bless them. They don't get as much media attention uh, as the the wife and you know the daughters but you know his fam his father and his his mother are you know, I, my heart goes out to them right yeah definitely for sure um yep and so mom wife is uh yeah his other daughters and then you know like i said uh there's anyone that's associated with even even his past and former teammates in the laker organization laker nation yeah uh we're thinking about y'all no doubt well it's a um it's been an interesting season. I think, uh, if I may, you know, the, the training of uh, Harden, you know, and a lot of a lot of guys, there, there was some, that was the only one big trade that I've seen that will make sense if they all can get it together, him, Kyrie, and uh, KD, if they all can mesh together, I think they'll be strong out there. But, I don't know. I just think that from from looking from the outside looking in, if they can get some defenders, they're gonna be tight. Oh yeah, you talk about Brooklyn. I'm oh, talking man, about Brooklyn. You know? Yeah. I mean, like they got as far as their big three: Harden, Kyrie, <laughs> and Durant. Mm-hmm. They might have the best scoring big three maybe in history. But you're like, right? Can they defend? And I don't know if they have enough size. I mean, they have they have uh, DeAndre Jordan. But other than that, they're a really small team. So I don't know how that's going to um, impact them uh, in the long run. Do they go out and try to make a trade to get a big? But if they do, who would they give up? One of their guards, one of their bench role players? I'm not sure they want to do that either. Well, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see uh, what how they can overcome their lack of size. But yeah. as far as scoring, they can score with anybody. As long as they don't just rely on this the big three, as long as they got good ball movement, mm-hmm. you know, and there can't be too much standing around. Yeah, that's, that's, 
happens when you got three guys that are known for uh, being being great isolation players. Right. See, <clears throat> that's why I kind of like Kyrie and uh, and KD because they could play off the ball too. Uh, right. James Harden, he's a he's more. Of, I don't know. He came in as a shooting guard, but now he's you know he wants to dribble, dribble, double. He can he can play ball. Don't get me wrong. He's a, he's the two time with was it two time or he won MVP one time. I want to make sure I I say it correctly. But right now they did just beat the Miami Heat though. They 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 put a shellacking on them, and they are at eleven and eight. So they they're pretty good. I like their chances if they get a defensive core, but I'm still going with the Philadelphia in the East. I'm going with Philly in the East. Yeah, Philadelphia they're playing tough right now. They are, yeah. you know, and also don't count, don't, count, don't count my Boston Celtics out either. No, 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 we can't count them out, and you can't count out the Miami Heat. You really can't count out anybody. You're right about that because it's not how you start; it's how you finish. You know what I'm saying? Right. We all know that. Even the NBA, I'm watching the good game right now. I'm watching the LA Clippers versus the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Clippers are up by five, getting ready to end the half. But the Atlanta Hawks, they've been playing some good ball, especially behind, uh, of course, Trey Young, you know, the big star mm-hmm. down there. But also, my man, uh, Clint Capella. I mean, this guy has had some beastly games lately. He's had a game of like, he had a game of like 25 points and 26 rebounds, like six blocks. On Friday night, he had a game of 14 points, 19 boards, and 10 blocks, a triple-double. I mean, Ella, he's playing. He's yeah. right now. He's a beast now. He's He has grown up. He's matured in the in the NBA sense. I don't know him off the court, but I watched him out in Houston. When he got that big money in Houston, he really didn't want to, to me, didn't really like playing with, with Harden and his style. So he's making do. And he hung on to his receipt while he's out there in uh, Atlanta, because he is doing his thing. He's he's a big hog out there. Shout out to him. Shout out to Capella, Ella, Clint Capella, baby. Right. And you know, it's interesting too because I don't know if he didn't want to things. I think what it was was Coach D'Antoni at the time wanted to play a more small ball style, so he wanted to trade him to play that style. So, so that's actually a mistake on their part by letting that man go. He's a rim protector. He's a he's a strong rebound man. and can finish inside and you know off the alley oops. So that was a, I mean that was big losing Clint Capella. Even this, this to this day last year, I'm not sure why they made that trade. Well, well, as you can see, they could be good this year without Harden. Remember we were talking about him, and I was telling you this guy was no leader. And you see what happened. They got rid of him and his uh, his buddy. Sent his buddy out there to Washington. Yeah, Westbrook. Westbrook. So, you know, it was all a, just a short pony thing for them guys. They wasn't, knew they weren't going to win nothing with, with LeBron out there. And that man there, man, he shouts out to the king. That dude there, man, he bring unemployment everywhere he goes to people that be trying. <laughs> Put you on unemployment, baby. You just cannot beat the king. Either you better join him, or you better do something. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, employing, he's, employing a bunch, uh, he's employing a lot of dudes, right? Yeah, he's putting you on the unemployment line, baby. It's, it's tough out there for you, baby. Tough out there. Uh, I'm disappointed in my, my Portland Trailblazers, man. I thought they should for sure be, be, a, be a better team, or at least a better record right now. I know 
I mean, Chuck yeah. on TNT, Charles Barkley always picks him. I don't yeah, know right. if when Chuck picks you, it might be a curse or not. Shout out to Charles Barkley. But, yeah, I mean, they're not really – they're not as good as I thought they'd be. It's a young be. season. It's young, baby. They had 9-7. You know what I'm saying? And they last last 10 games, they 6-4. and four. Now, you know, that's a that's a, that's a good numbers. They, 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 running the, they running the table. The one thing about the, the Blazers is that away they 4-2. and two. At home they 5-5. Five and five. So it's like, you know, they got fig- they got to figure out at home Maybe we can't get too relaxed. We got to just go and put the pressure because people coming, any teams coming out to Portland, they ain't no damn partying and no celebrating and all that. And ain't shit to do. You know right. what I'm saying? So, you know, ain't no ain't no titty balls and all that stuff that they call strip clubs and all that, or gentlemen's clubs. Ain't none of that shit popping. So, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. hey, I trust you. I, I, you know, I've been to a few gentlemen's clubs out there, so. Yeah, I definitely know it, but yeah, right now there's nothing going on, so they got nothing better to do than just sit down and just focus on basketball. Yeah, well, shouts out to Dame. He just had twins. Dame Lillard just had baby boy, baby girl, uh, two twins here not too uh, last week, I believe. Yeah, shout out to Dame and shout out to Dame Damian Lillard Toyota down in Portland again. Dame, Dame Lillard Toyota. Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, the smart men, <clears throat> wise men, I should say, make smart moves, so... It's a good, it's a good thing for, for Dame out there to do that. Um, but I do want to say, <clears throat> shout out to them Ball brothers. You know they doing their thing out there, the young young gentlemen. Um, out even out in the well, New Orleans they 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 under they five games under five hundred, but they all right. They right. still got a way they to got, go. They got Zion. They got a bright future. Yeah, they got a way to go. Utah Jazz at twelve and four. They doing good out in the West. One team that surprised me. That's really in the cellar to me. Not even in the cellar, but um, I want to just say that the Toronto Raptors, they just, it's, it's early, but I think they should be at the top of the, in the top, in the top five, because I don't think that Atlanta Hawks are better than them. Cleveland's not. New York Knicks are not. But, I just right. think, yeah, I think it's early for them. So it's, uh, you know, and I, I want to say something about Utah, you know. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Mr. Uh, uh, Donovan Spider Mitchell. I mean, he was, he's been balling, especially last uh, Thursday night. He really balled out mm-hmm. against the Nuggets or somebody. And and, 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 and Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq on TNT, he goes, he'll say them, man, I want you to hear this. You know, I say you don't have what it takes. And I'm like, and then, but... And, and then, and I want to shout out to Donovan Mitchell for one for just being professional and uh, and just taking it as it is. I mean, Donovan Mitchell shows some tough skin, but he really doesn't care about his critics, which I love about him. You know, what I mean, he just goes out and just balls out. He doesn't care what Shaq, what somebody else said about him. But and for, and, and for, if you ever watched that exchange man drill, the exchange on TV was really awkward. I mean, at the one point, Shaq saying, "Oh, uh, uh, I, I'm talking, I'm talking ish about you, but I support your game." It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. You know what I mean? Like well, he could have phrased that statement in a, in a different way. You know what I mean? But again, shout out to uh, Spider Mitchell for uh, being professional and then going about a, going about his business. Well, he had no choice. I mean, that's just that's Shaq. It's like your big brother telling you, you know, what I'm saying he loves you. You got to get your, get your game better. You know what I'm saying? You know, <clears throat> I'll take you out in this backyard and wear your ass out. And you get your game right. <laughs> but. Hey. I mean, 
in that in that instance, yeah, I mean Donovan, whether he, you know, he wanted to or not, you gotta take the high road. You ain't, what you gonna say? What you gonna say? You know what I mean? You might, in a war of words, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So, Save it for off camera, like man, you know, fuck Shaq, Shaq, fuck you talking about. But you can't if you have not won a ring, then you gotta shut the fuck up and listen to Shaq. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Shaq have what? Uh four yeah. rings or something like that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Diesel will let you know. You know what I'm yeah. saying? No doubt. No, I'm uh I'm all in, you know, I'm all in on Utah. I think they'll be good. But I really wanna see I want to see Denver and the Lakers again in the, yeah. in the Western Conference. I think, I think, uh, I ain't, I'm not sleeping on, uh, Steph now. Steph, just congratulations to Steph. We, I, we want to mention that too. We, for, you know, surpassing, or did he, did he surpass or he tied Reggie Miller for, you know, the most threes. So, uh, Shout out to Steph, but I'm not counting those guys out either. They're getting a good nucleus out there uh, in uh, Golden State without Clay. So they're doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I know because, so yeah, he did just pass Reggie Miller. So he's now at 2,569 threes, and Reggie was at 2,560. So Mm -hmm. uh, so he he did surpass. Reggie Miller, of course, now, you know, he plays in an era where a lot more three-pointers are taken than Reggie did, so that's a big part of it, and he's only 400, shoot, 404 uh, pointers behind the all-time leader, Mr. Ray Allen, so I expect him to catch Ray Allen maybe in the next couple years, so yeah, I mean, Steph Curry's going to be the all-time leading uh, as far as makes uh, of three-pointers in NBA history real soon. Mm-hmm. Congrats. Congrats to that whole family there, man. They they breed them good. And when I say that when I say that, not not just uh talking about their uh basketball skills, but they are two good professionals. The dad was a professional and the two sons are great professionals on and off the court. And they yeah. have, have a great nucleus at home, I should I should imagine, with the, the wives and the daughters and, you know, all that. So Shouts out to the Curry family, you know what I'm saying? Cook, cooking up them. Keep cooking up them. He got a little boy coming on now. His little boy there. He got a little boy coming. Keep uh-huh. cooking that. And you know, Mandrill, you were talking about the Ball brothers. Yeah, shout out to Lamar, uh, LaMelo Ball because I know when he first came in, he had a couple rough games. But I'm not told people, look, he just needs to get his, his feet wet. He's going to be fine. He's going to learn the NBA game and it seems like he's picking it up now. So, yeah, I mean, him, him with the Hornets, he's doing some good things out there. So, Shout out to Lamelo, Lamelo Ball, and then also Lonzo Ball because he's keeping a level head despite having those uh, mm-hmm. lofty expectations that were put on him when he first got to the NBA, mainly because of his dad, Lavar Ball. But but still, I mean, he still put a lot of expectations on him that he's. I think he's managed okay, you know. Mm-hmm. So just you know, just imagine how um, you know his his dad his dad feels with his son out there with Michael Jordan when he said, Oh, I could beat Michael Jordan at this and that, Michael Jordan, you know, not to bring up a, a dead horse, which it was full of shit, but he's you know, how do you feel? You know, your son's out there with under his organization, you know what I'm saying? His outfit. So it's interesting to me. So, you know, you put your foot in your mouth or your basketball up your ass, however you want to do it. But uh, yeah, I, <clears throat> I just wanna, yeah, I just wanted to give a couple, and 
the Bucks surprised me too. Before we end, before we end this, the Bucks surprised me a little bit at ten and six. I just don't think that they gelling like Magellan. You know what I'm saying? And the and the Heat, they missing the Butler. You know what I'm saying? They missing. The well, you know, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I think they're always going to have a pretty good regular season. It just depends on two things. For one, can Giannis develop a consistent outside shot? especially the mid-range game. And number two, can he get enough shooters around him so when the double and triples do come, will they knock down shots in crucial moments? That's the key uh, mainly for the Bucks because they have, they have, uh, they have size, athleticism and, and, you know, and whatnot. But like I said, can they, you know, and they have a decent point guard in Drew Holiday. Yeah. Who I think is more steady than Eric Bledsoe. But can, like I said, can they knock down those outside shots, especially yeah. when defense try to pack it in? stop Giannis from getting to the bucket. True that. Yeah, you know, um, I know if you wanted to say, you know, and uh, shouts out to your home team, uh, your, your, your one person, Zach Lavini, at, uh, at uh, 403 pointers in his career out there in Chicago. Shout out Bobble High School, Inglemore High School, though, Zach Levine, so shout out to him. Exactly. And I, I do want to give a shout out before, you know, before I end my session, because we we do have to end here for our sponsors. But I want to say give shout-outs to the Lakers, shout-outs to LeBron, uh, doing a really good job out there with those guys. With some of the good talent that left, he brought in some good, good talent. And I like the way that they gelling like Magellan. You know what I'm saying? So I like that. I like what they're doing out there. And it was a really good win last night in Cleveland where it looked like the Cavaliers is going to come back, but man, LeBron put in 46 with those fadeaways. It's a, yeah, it's going to be a wrap if he continues to keep uh, exploiting uh, teams like that. So, yep. Shouts out to that organization, the Lakers. Um, I do want to say this before we get out. Know, Shouts out to Conor McGregor, you know, for being, you know, Shouts out to him for taking that ass whooping like a man and you know, saying he gonna come back and this and that. You know, shouts out to him. But I just want to say this to Conor McGregor: when you were young and you were hungry in the game and you were doing all you was doing and this and that, I know everybody has a little downtime and then they make they come back up in the game. But man, sometimes you need to shut your fucking mouth about things that you say. I know everybody loves a, a loud mouth, cocky, arrogant motherfucker, but when that when they get that ass knocked out and sobered up, then you got the person, you know, then you have a whole new different individual. So I just want to say Conor McGregor, uh, good way to take that ass whooping classy, you know what I'm saying? That's all I want to say on that. You know? So I didn't know if you saw that fight, but yeah, it was a, yeah. <laughs> You know, I saw him getting—I saw the results of him getting knocked out. I forgot, actually, forgotten about the fight was so wrapped up in so many other things. But yeah, I mean, it, it didn't look good. But like you said, Landrell, everybody gets humbled every now and then. So if he wants to still be the man or be on top of his game, he's got to get back to the lab, get back to working. Or you know, you can't just—this can't just be in love with your celebrity and expect, oh, I'm gonna win. It's because yeah. you gotta keep put that work in. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, shout out to the victor that fight. Seriously, I mean, he made a statement. Yeah, uh, Portier, probably. yeah, Portier, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
What? Yeah, but I uh, also wanted to say, um, you know, thanks to um, what's the gentleman's name? Oh man, it just it just just was on the tip of my tongue. I wanted to say something something really good. Like uh, I, I I'm gonna have to edit this part out. I can't remember what I was saying, but uh, no, Jake Paul. He's he's he, you know he was saying he's gonna give Conor McGregor this amount of money. Now he's saying he only want to give him ten thousand. But I just look at it like this: I don't think Jake Paul is ready for Conor McGregor. I can say that much. Now you know, <laughs> Nate Robinson, come on, man, has nothing. Nothing on Conor McGregor, son. So yeah, yeah. We we talked about the support. Boxing and MMA is a lifestyle. You can't just, you can't stop like this. Oh, you know, I'm better you at hoop. Let's just meet at the court and let's go ball. No, it doesn't work that way. It's just, it's just the lifestyle you put into it. Right. So, shout out to everybody out there in the world. We're going to, you know, we, before we end, you want to uh, give a shout out to anyone? Uh, Steve, the coach now, son. I want to give a shout out to uh, this, uh, this, this company called Rareware, this rig called Rareware on Instagram. They have a lot of great throwback uh, jerseys from whatever sport you are looking for. So Rare Rare, uh, Rareware on Instagram. So shout out to them. Yes, sir. All right. Now I want to give a shout out to Out of Pocket. Um, it's a uh, radio show. It's out the out there in uh, Nevada. So you wanna you wanna check those guys out in Vegas? You wanna check out Out of Pocket, and they have a great a great podcast show. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to the uh, UC Santa Barbara uh, Gachos, their baseball team, and their whole organization out there. Go Gachos uh, for this uh, upcoming uh, baseball season, which I believe they're currently ranked at number eight. So. Shouts out to those guys. My son actually plays for those guys. So, shout out to them gotchos, baby. Um, and that's about it. I want to just thank you once again, Steve, for coming on. Uh, good show tonight. Thank our listeners and our sponsors. Each and every time you guys are, man, you guys are great to us. <laughs> that's all I can say, man, you know. So, on behalf of the M.86W and a podcast, and Steve the Coach Nelson, ready on to break. Peace. Hey, Cole, how you doing? How retirement treating you? It's great, man. It's great. Just uh, you know, a little writing, a little investing. Nice. So I don't know if you saw the thing on Twitter about your statue. Uh, you know, I don't pay attention to that stuff. Yeah, I figured that. Me either. A drink, Mr. Brett? Yeah, I'll have a, uh, a vodka martini. How many olives would you like? 81. Really? No, nah, man, I'm just playing. Just two. Joe Brett. He gets it.
How about this? I saw Kobe after he dropped 81 at a restaurant and he ordered a martini with 81 olives. Did he send you one too? No, he didn't. <laughs> he should have. Rest in peace. Yeah, my question is when I get money, how my life gon' be? Will I be in a mansion or will I still be in the street? Will I be running people or people gon' be running me? Will I ever, ever make it in the rapping industry? Will I ever laugh at the people who used to pick at me? Call me a wannabe, all that negative energy. Call me ugly and tell me that I got female tendencies. Never gon' give up because that's what a hater wanna see. Mom, I'm really thankful for everything that you done for me. Never gon' stop hustling until my fat rap luxury. Money hates me now, but later on it's gon' be stuck with me. Gotta do the right thing cause my siblings they look up to me Mama told me boy you better watch the way you talk to me Sydney told me Duke on come outside and take a walk with me My sister she my best friend to the end she gonna walk with me I came from the bottom and the top that's where I ought to be My mama she my queen I know that she will never lie to me 15 years dealing with me I know she tired of me but she ain't tired of me Cause if she was she would say bye to me My I would die for you and I no guarantee you die for me God is watching everything I do he got his eye on me All you do is talk behind my back you say you my homie Tryna make more money than I Trying to make it up your elevation Never gonna give up your dedication You been doing a lot, you still pace That's why I love you, do anything for you Somebody slap you, hit you, or punch you I beat it if I had to fuck, that's the country Cause mama 
came from the bottom and bound to a grow. Sorry.